This is the Love That Album Compilation Edition, covering soundtracks, tribute albums, best ofs, box sets, and more. Hello and welcome, this is Eric Vanmeer, and this is another edition of the Love That Album compilation series. This time around, we're going to be talking about three albums from Rhino Records, the first of which is Poptopia, Power Pop Classics of the 1970s. The second is uh, DIY, Come Out and Play American Power Pop 1, 1975 to 78, and then the last one is uh, DIY, DIY Shake It Up American Power Pop 2. Now, those last two, the DIY, were part of a series of compilations that Rhino Records put out in 1993. Um, there was two editions of American Power Pop. There was two editions of uh, UK Pop. There was two editions of uh, UK Punk. There was a LA scene and a New York scene and a Boston scene. And... They didn't sell well, and uh, therefore we didn't get things like the Rochester scene, or the Minneapolis scene, or American, you know, pop punk, or any number of other compilations that could have been spun off on this series, and in my opinion maybe should have, um, because in the years since these compilations came out, they have actually garnered kind of a cult following. And I'm lucky enough to own uh, the majority of them. I don't think I have the two UK one, UK punk ones. Uh, I think my brother has those, so I've definitely heard them. But anyways, we're going to be talking about the power pop genre and the power pop compilations because power pop music is very much related to the kind of rock and roll that we tend to talk about here. It is uh, kind of kind of nestled in there with. Um, the best of 70s pub rock and 70s um, punk rock. It's one of those genres that's part of that whole post-60s explosion of uh, rock and roll splintering into all of these sub-genres. And the 60s is where power pop really starts. The term is supposedly coined by uh, Pete Townsend trying to describe the sound of the Who, which basically is high-energy, hard-rockin', music with pop vocals and melodies so yes there's some of this is coming from the Beatles and from the Kinks and from uh, a band called The Move which we probably should talk about on the show at some point down the road and uh, probably the, the best known practitioners of power pop during its height in the 70s was Cheap Trick they were the ones that hit it big with I Want You to Want Me and then 
song like Surrender is pure power pop. But one of the early, early bands, and uh, right now I'm just going to say that I'm not going to be talking about these compilations in, in terms of we're going to talk about the Poptopia one for 10 minutes, and then we'll talk about the you know Power Pop one for 10 minutes. I'm going to mix it all up, so um, it's a little bit different, but I, I kind of want to kind of give a flavor of all of these these bands and mainly this is the 1970s we're talking about so um, I'm just gonna say right off the bat I recommend all three compilations if you're interested in getting your feet wet with power pop so let's uh, take a little break and listen to some of the raspberries which was a early power pop band uh, they're often uh, considered one of the overlooked ones uh, I believe the song was featured in the Gardens of the Galaxy soundtrack so um, listen, listen to a little bit of them and then I'll be back with more So uh, the raspberries there were from Ohio. It should be noted that in America, at least, the power pop sound of the 1970s was largely a Midwest uh, sound. I mean, sure, you had bands on either coast, as always, but bands like Cheap Trick from Illinois and the Romantics from Detroit and the Raspberries from Ohio you had, of course, um, Big Star from Memphis, which is kind of flirting with the southern edge of the Midwest. I mean, that is technically the south, but it's right there over the border, um, right in the middle of the country. And it, it's not necessarily like the, the Florida or the Texas south that we think of. Anyway, uh, Big Star was, was the power pop band of the early 70s. For those that heard them, of course, legendarily one of those bands that 
people didn't pick up on except for the uh, the right people or I said the uh, people that were into music now of course they've become a legend their influence is sung far and wide but uh, for many many years they, they weren't they were known as one of those bands that rock critics love and, and this is what I'm playing or I have been playing is I am the Cosmos by Chris Bell who was one of the members of Big Star who uh, some of you know you know passed away very young and left this kind of folky, trippy, psychedelic uh, edge of power pop album. And, and this end of power pop is clearly uh, inspired by the Birds and Bob Dylan, as well as, as that kind of uh, more ballady Beatles sound. And that's one of the things about the power pop genre is you have everything from you know the uh, the hyper poppy cheap trick to the kind of more uh, ballady and folky big star within that sound, but they still have the, the energy and that melodic, clean vocal and the uh, the, the hook of the of the pop music. So, so it's definitely one of those genres that no matter what you're into or what your mood might be at this certain time, uh, you're going to find something that's going to going to fit that that need, whatever it is you're looking for, whether it's uh, you know having a barbecue with a bunch of people over or kind of sitting on your back porch uh, drinking beer. I mean, this is the reason I'm, I'm uh, doing this Power Pop edition of the, uh, the, the compilation series right now is, is because this is perfect music for the springtime. So we're going to listen to another tune for a little bit. I'll play something else and we'll come back. This is maybe the hyper edge of Power Pop. You know, this is uh, getting towards there. So I'm going to play a little bit Cheap Trick. And then I'll play a little bit of uh, the Flaming Groovies and we'll back on the other side.
So that's the Flaming Groovies with the classic Shake Some Action, which has been covered by numerous bands, and that is kind of the the edge of power pop that's pressing up against punk rock. That is the point when you're like the next step over the line is something like the Ramones or the Dictators. And during the 70s, uh, there was actually a lot of times when uh, what we now think of as punk bands were playing with these power pop bands. Flaming Groovies, for instance, uh, definitely played with with bands of uh, the CBGBs, but also of the, the San Francisco punk scene. They were written about in the same zines that punk was, and actually the Flaming Groovies is one of those bands that's got an interesting history because in a lot of ways uh, that Shake Some Action is a anomaly within their catalog because their previous music was much more what we would call proto-punk, was much more in line with the New York Dolls or with the Stooges as far as the energy and the uh, the acceptance by outsider uh, you know, listeners. And there's a, a definite point at which power pop merges into punk, and in fact some of the things that we now tag as power pop were originally seen as part of the punk scene back in the, the 70s especially. In a lot of ways, uh, power pop like heavy metal was a gateway into punk rock. You know, this was also all part of an outgrowth of garage rock, because you get that, uh, that small town, kids in the garage, you know, going out and making their noise, doing the best they can. Oftentimes it was about uh, energy and a certain level of musicianship that put them uh, above the kind of primitive thump of certain elements of punk. On the other hand, you definitely get some songs and some bands that kind of fall into both camps. For example, I'm going to play a little bit of the band Generation X, which was Billy Idol's punk band in the 1970s, but you can listen for yourself and you can hear that there's definitely a power pop influence or a power pop vibe here. I'm gonna play just a little bit of Give Me Some Truth. So right there, you can hear those growled punk vocals. With it, they still have a certain amount of melody to them. That's more the power pop side. You've got that punk, you know, attitude and sneer going on. At the same time, the music is very much clean sounding and poppy, as opposed to overdriven and basic. So you know, Generation X was definitely one of those bands that that jumped that gap. And for whatever reason, when the history books were written, they landed on solidly on the punk side of the fence, mainly because of their associations, and probably because they were from the UK, rather than on the power pop side of the fence. And the truth be told, you know, this, this designation and this fence moves back and forth, and sometimes it deals with marketing, sometimes it deals with, you know, being audience-friendly, sometimes it deals with being more friendly towards parents. Oh, come on, Mom. You know, they're a power pop band. They're not a punk band or whatever. You know, back in the days when parents actually cared about what their kids were listening to, you know, um, this stuff wasn't necessarily scary. This stuff wasn't 
necessarily off-putting. This was kind of radio-friendly. You know, uh, people that had grown up during the 60s could definitely hear it. It harkened back to, you know, the birds and the grassroots and all of that garage stuff we talk about. Whereas, you know, parents from an earlier era definitely heard some of that rock pop of their youth in it. While we primarily draw the line back to the Beatles and the Kinks and the Who for the linchpin founding the genre, honestly, you can go back to Tommy James and the Shondells, you can go back to Chuck Berry for that matter, to hear the basics of the sound and, and the elements that are being carried through. One last thought I have on the confluence of power pop and punk is that oftentimes during especially the early 80s on television and movies when you had a quote punk band oftentimes it was a power pop band being played off as a punk band and oftentimes it was a band that had actually crossed over from the, the punk scene to the kind of more power pop sound and power pop audience as the original punk audience kind of grew up and moved on. So I'm going to play a couple more tunes here and then we'll come back with some final thoughts and I'll wrap it up and I'll play you just a little bit of a couple of my favorite power poppy punk songs and we'll get out of here. So we're going to listen to Hanging on the Telephone by the Nerves. Chill. 
So this is the point where I actually uh, change everything up because those last two songs I played, Die Trying and Hot Sounds, are not on any of these compilations. They are in fact ripped from my vinyl copies of the uh, Die Trying 7-inch and a local radio compilation in Rochester, New York. That is the band New Math on both of those songs during their early, early incarnation as power pop punk guys. Uh, if anybody you know about New Math, um, they would go on to become a kind of more new wavy, psychedelic sounding darker band. They morphed into the Jet Blackberries, which I've talked about a long time ago on a album that I love segment. And they're one of the bands that I absolutely love, and I am honored that they are friends of mine, that uh, I got to play a role in getting them back to playing music. But anyways, I am playing them because if there ever was a Rochester, New York uh, scene compilation of the DIY, DIY series, they definitely would have been on it. Um, my point in playing them is, A, I want to expose more people to their music. If you happen to see their 7 inches or their records in a dollar bin at a record show or whatever, I urge you to pick them up and check them out. But every second city in the Midwest definitely had a power pop band during the 70s. Whether they were playing the local bar doing covers or they were playing originals, they were all out there. I don't care if it was Cincinnati or Cleveland or... Toledo, Detroit, you know, Rockville, Illinois, uh, St. Louis, you know, every single city like that size, Erie, Pennsylvania, Rochester, Buffalo, all of those places definitely had their power pop scene in the 1970s, and it's definitely a sound that has never gotten the respect that it deserves in a lot of ways, but it's worth digging into and rediscovering. So once again, the three compilations that this music has mainly been drawn from are the Poptopia Power Pop Classics of the 70s, and there's also an 80s and 90s edition of that series. The DIY Come Out and Play American Pop 1, and the DIY Shake It Up American Pop Power Pop 2. If you can find them in your dollar bins or at wherever, they are all definitely worth adding to your collection if you want to check out this music in this scene. Uh, there's a lot of stuff out there and I could probably DJ easily another hour's worth of music, but we're just gonna go ahead and wrap it up today. One of the challenges I made to uh, Morris this year was to try and do more rock stuff. And this is a little bit of me pushing towards that, trying to get a little more power pop into the mix with what we're uh, presenting. And pretty soon I'm going to be talking about some Paisley Underground, which was another kind of offshoot of the power pop, I guess you could call it a scene. So that should definitely be coming down the line. And who knows, maybe I will come back to these DIY comps. Like I said, there is a couple of scene-specific ones, and there are the punk ones. And there's actually the UK pop one, which might be interesting for me to uh, present. But for now, we're going to leave with the beat and rock and roll girl so listen to some good music and enjoy your springtime it's Eric Randman and I'll catch y'all next time
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 